Good morning and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and it's episode number 47. And my guest today is Perry Toms. Yes, indeed. Perry, yeah. Perry is the CEO of Steeper Energy, and I'm out, we're here in the really near the McDougal Place. Is that? Yeah. That's an that itself is an iconic Calgary building. It's the old sandstone. I mean, you're right. Your offices are right next door. So, Perry, please tell us a little bit about Steeper Energy and what got you started. Okay, thank you very much. Well, Steeper Energy was started in 2011 by myself and a fellow by the name of Dr. Steen Iverson, who's a Danish chemist. Right. And we uh, wanted to take advantage of his 30-year uh, career in uh, organic chemistry to basically harness a chemistry that is very similar to nature using high pressure, high right. temperature chemistry to turn biomass or any kind of biomass, any biogenic material. So think forestry waste, um, agricultural residues, horse manure, or even... Which is all stuff. around. It's basically all around us. It's growing all around us. So nature's perfect battery. Yeah. And we turn that uh, low energy density material into a liquid fuel oil that acts more So it can be transported or take, shipped off or Absolutely. into pipelines. It, so we call that fungibility. So it's right. ability to be traded just like conventional fossil oil. More like fungus. fungus. <laughs> <laughs> I know the word fungibility. I know the word fungibility, but fungus is real. That nature that nature's uh, Yeah, we, and we can turn fungus and bacteria into oil as well. So but this wow. oil this oil is different in that from other forms of chemistry that turn biomass into oil. Our oil actually looks a lot more and acts a lot more like fossil oil because we do what nature does in 150 million years in 15 minutes. So by adding temperature right. and uh, high pressure in the presence of a cost-effective catalyst, we can turn the biomatter, biomass matter into this oil, very low oxygenated oil. So let's go back because you said fossil oil. Sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. you said it looks like fossil oil, which how is that different than the con you're talking about conventional oil? Yeah, conventional oil that you might call conventional oil. So when we say fossil oil, we're yeah. talking about oil that came uh, 150 million years ago from the Cretaceous period in which um, animals that were living in the sea were... They just got trapped. They got trapped and buried and then yeah. the earth used first biological processes and yeah. then eventually geological processes to transform that biota. Yeah. So let, let's just go back to high school chemistry for just one moment. So we all we know uh, all living matter is made of... <laughs> Mr. Capel, Mr. Capel, if he's still listening from Crescent Heights High School. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all living matter is, is made up of, of carbon, yeah. hydrogen, and oxygen. Okay. That, that, that is a bio-organic molecule. Has, has I must that. have skipped that class. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so what, 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 do we, what else? What's the other name we use when we talk about oil and gas products? We talk about hydrocarbons. Hydrocarbons. So carbon and hydrogen, yeah, right? Brilliant. So if I've got a, a, a bio-organic molecule, yeah. carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, but I want a hydrocarbon, just carbon and hydrogen, what do I have too much of? Oxygen, right? So, so I, need, I, need a, I need either a process or a chemistry right. to strip that bioorganic Which is what they do. I mean, they can, when I was in Qatar, and I had this discussion of the, the, the CH or the, the, the fracking mm -hmm. it all the way down. So you get the CH32 or whatever it is that literally are taking gas, the, the GTL, and I'm, I'm yep, yep. going off topic yep. a bit, but I remember that discussion, they just frack it and heat it until you, br you break the, 
you break up the, car the hydrocarbon atoms and I guess you strip out the, and you get this pure gas or GTL. Yeah. Yeah. Is it similar or? Uh, no, um, only in the broadest sense that there's, a, there, there's energy that is, uh, that is invested in the process right. a, a, to get a different kind of energy back. The real trick with our uh, chemistry, which is generically known as hydrothermal liquefaction, <laughs> okay. Okay, HTL, because oh, every, okay. every, yeah. every organization and every business needs their three-letter acronyms, and we have many of them. You've got so, it. Yeah, we've got them. So um, hydrothermal liquefaction, uh, HTL technology, is the generic, uh, and there's probably a half a dozen companies around the world pursuing Who this. do this. And in fact, I will, I'll make this side comment, and that the uh, Department of Energy in the United States, as well as a, a number of institutions in Europe, right. have identified HTL in it, that generic chemistry as being one of the best, if not the best, chemistry sure. to transform um, biomass into high-energy density liquids and has the best probability of reducing our carbon intensity. The carbon footprint. Or the, exactly, yeah, for, the, for yeah. transport fuels. So you, you, you mentioned that your colleague or your, your partner's from Denmark, and I, I, I know, you and I talked offline the 10 million pigs yep. versus the 3 million population. That must be an area where they've looked at how to take the pig waste... And convert it into absolutely, and we can convert pig waste into uh, manures and 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 some of the dirty water that is created there, and, and the biota that is growing right. in that dirty water into oil. We can take human sewage sludge. So we're actually looking now uh, for. Uh, I'm hope to announce very soon a uh, demonstration project where we'll be using our technology to convert human sludge into oil uh, in Canada. It, so for, the first thing that comes to mind is the accountant in me, the the capex. To scale up that little, to do a sample, and then scale up. You're also talking heavy capex, Is right? So let's let's talk economics. Uh, and just you, I just you, want to throw it out there because when you talk about a sample versus yeah, so we're 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 we, this is uh, when we talk up to financiers. This is when I say, oh, well, let's skip to dessert because uh, go, oh, let's let's talk about the numbers. Does this make any? <laughs> Let sense? me convert that sludge into the yeah. drinkable so matter. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do two analogies here. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's talk about forestry residues. Okay, just for a second, I want to go to the biomass that is left over when you harvest a forest. So I don't, this is a little known fact, but generally, especially, and especially in Canada, approximately 50% of the above ground biomass is left in the bush. So you go and you say, well, I'm going to harvest so, so the they tree. So they, they chop down the trees, but the there's a lot remaining. All the branches, a lot of the bark, yeah. the tops and the tails are left in the bush. Right. And do you know what happens to that material? It decomposes over time. And well, if it, you're, we're lucky it does, but more likely because it, you also need to plant trees in, in, after you harvest trees in Canada. Right, right. So they basically, and in the vernacular, they go in the next year when it's cold out, they rake it up into a big pile and they put Burn. a match to it. Wow. So all that material, so you think of the millions and millions and millions of Lost tons energy. Of, uh, of material that goes up in smoke, and that is one of those things that we don't talk about much in society, about wow, uh, right, adding right, to, right. The, to the greenhouse effect. So those materials, plus now you have a round log that's come into uh, the, your, mill, the, the mill yeah. or your pulp and paper plant, yeah. and it also gets chopped up at about 
another 25 to sometimes up to 50% of that uh, will become waste. It'll either become sludge or off-spec material or the sawdust is too, too fine. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Wow. So we take all that material and we can turn that into oil for under $60 a barrel. Okay, uh, so that, that's your all-in cost. You're all-in yeah, all cost. So okay. exactly, and diesel fuel for uh, uh, under ninety dollars a barrel. Yeah. So how does that translate? Well, that actually would be competitive, especially if you to had drilling a barrel lower, of oil. If you had lower taxes on that uh, uh, at the pump, yeah. That ninety dollar diesel Comes would actually down. would be the same or lower price. And the quality is the same or higher. It, it absolutely the same because chemically we've done nothing. We we've just emulated nature. Okay. So, so sorry to put it in the capex. I just it was a thought that came up, but I want to go back to this. And I'm holding in my hand for the benefit of the seven listeners now. I think two more jumped on. Yeah. But this is the color. Of, so what I'm holding in my hand is just a is a is a plate warmer or a, no, a, the, yeah a coaster. A coaster. Sorry, plate warmer. <laughs> but the, you've got pictures of of sort of little vials of oil. Yeah. And this is what you've produced or you could. Right. Make. So in fact. Uh, the listeners can't see this, but what you start with is a is a dark black, uh, slightly viscous oil. Some right. think of um, a W uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a, 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 w, ten W thirty. Ten W Exactly. So it's 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 liquid at room temperature, but it's got some thickness to it, and it's got a co- the color like molasses or something. Yeah, this one yeah. here. Well, then what we do is we hydrogenate this, just like you yeah, do fossil oxygen. oil, right? So okay. we actually crack the last vestiges of oxygen off. Yeah. And what we're seeing here uh, is diesel fuel. Uh, sorry, diesel fuel, jet fuel, um, heavy. So uh, the jet fuel being lighter. Yeah. The diesel fuel a little bit darker. Yeah. And, and then, really heavy. And then we've got uh, marine diesel fuel. And then we have Amazing. what's called the... Sludge. The, well, these are actually the, the, the tars that you would crack. You can either crack further back into these things or use them for... Um, uh, paving on the road. Well, paving's on the road, but actually lubricants and other, uh, other chemicals can be made of that. So these, what we're showing here is that the elements of this renewable yeah. oil have multiple have, are just like fossil oil in that they have all the elements gasoline diesel jet um heavy fuel oils and indeed the heavy uh, heavier ends that are made into lubricants and other fine but oils. environmentally more friendly well of course because what you've done is you, you know you might say you you talk about this biomaterial right as a virtuous uh, cycle or circle right because they grow they absorb co2 we sure. turn them into the waste portion of it so the good quality lumber is still going into the market all the papers being but made. the good waste is there for you exactly the good waste. <laughs> you get excited exactly. because that's garbage no no that's you get excited you come up with absolutely garbage but look, I was in a couple of things in Kazakhstan, uh, in Russia, uh, sorry, in, in the UAE, yes. in the United Arab Emirates, in Dubai, and constru- the waste construction was, was phenomenal. And I think that's an initiative that's happening where they're taking construction waste. We're talking, we're talking rebar, cement, and, and literally converting into waste, yeah. uh, into energy, yeah. waste energy. And the other one was some of the, you talk about here about uh, the diesel and they were ter- the, fuel, the oil that the, the McDonald's and so forth use it. They were get some kind of process where they're recycling that and putting that oil back in, that, that cooking oil. Yeah, so that cooking oil was likely being what we call being transesterified, and that's a, a, that actually is a derivative of the soap industry. So that's a different kind of wow. chemistry. And now we too, uh, that is steeper, could take that into our thermal process and we'd actually uh, convert that into, into a higher grade. Because that's everywhere as well. Fast yeah. foods, I come, to, I come to Calgary, the restaurants are everywhere. And I'm sure there's a lot of grease or oil, cooking oil. 
you can convert that. Well, in fact, let me let me give you. <laughs> Sorry, another, I'm getting uh, off track, but this uh, is another example of of the application of our technology. So we talked about, let's say, a big industrial scale uh, application of yep. technology in the forestry sector, where we would be building plants at two thousand, four thousand barrels per day at capital costs that are about the same as the bitumen industry, about a hundred thousand, hundred and twenty-five thousand Canadian per barrel a day. Right. Yeah. So, so very similar uh, capital costs. Um, whereas we could also apply the technology in what we call an urban environment. So where you're aggregating in the rural environment, forestry or large-scale uh, acreage um, farming, right. in the urban environment you have a city where you have uh, food waste, sewage sludge, uh, industrial it's food like a home production. Kind of a, I'm thinking of a compact uh, garburetor type. Anything that you put in the compost bin or you used to put in the garburetor, still put in the garburetor, <laughs> yeah. virtually, and even the film plastic that is not recyclable, that, that you know, your saran wrap or the, the, the types of plastics that generally right. are, are not. Which, which are, their base is hydrocarbon. Yeah, so plastics and come we, from that. We can transform that food waste, that sewage sludge, that the paper waste from home, the stuff that really wow. is not easily or not at all yeah. recyclable, that saran wrap that had food, uh, that styrofoam that had the, 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 the soup bones and the, and the, and the yeah. meat, in, uh, all that material will go into our facility, be emulsified into a slurry, we yeah. call it, and transformed into, again, this uh, ins- a portion of it is what we call true renewable crude oil. Yeah. And a part, p- portion of it would be recovered hydrocarbons from material that otherwise would just be left in the landfill. And, and I can't even say to rot because ma- much of that material is so stable that it would be there for... What's to your point earlier? You said, and, and sorry to cut you off, but you, you said this earlier when you and I talked offline. You said this technology is caught up with this. You, you talked about this, putting in the uh, modernification process because yeah. this existed for a long time, the te- 1920. Yeah, so HTL was first described as a way of upgrading poor quality coal. And so the the German inventors of this The focus was coal. Yeah, the focus was coal, but it was still basically uh, young coal is also contaminated with oxygen. And so coal is much more carbon. So in the the world which we just talked about, bioorganic molecule, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, hydrocarbon, oil, a midterm... Uh, energy source, carbon and hydrogen. Coal, which is often the oldest form of energy, is just carbon. So even the hydrogen right. is now gone. Right. right. So um, they looked at uh, poor quality coals. And Alberta, for instance, is blessed with a lot of lower energy density coal. We call this subbituminous or sometimes lignite type coals. And this is opposed to British Columbia that has uh, or the east coast of Canada quality. has these high quality hard coals okay. or metallurgic coals um, and anthracitic yeah, so On your website there was a lignite, there was something like that. Yes, and, that and the, our chemistry could be, uh, we could turn our attention to transform uh, low quality coals into hydrocarbons as well. But when we started the company in 2011, we, we thought there might be some potential. when. Fossil oil was a hundred to hundred and forty dollars a barrel. I was just going to say at that time, two thousand eleven was about one hundred and ten a yeah, barrel. Yeah. yeah. So there was a thought. Well, conventional oil. If we had truly reached peak oil, and and oil was only going to go up from one hundred and ten dollars, right. and we know that for the next fifty to seventy five years, 
liquid hydrocarbons are going to be a, a primary uh, have a primary role in transportation even as we are successful in converting biomass we can't replace the entirety of our use right now 85 million barrels a day is a, is a lot yeah. right uh, however I will say this uh, around the world we believe it is not inconceivable or it is conceivable not to but use the commercials to do about 15 million barrels of oil per day using just the waste that we have in everyday life. And if we add to that the potential for farmers to eventually grow more energy crops, right. it easily could get to 20 to 25 million barrels per day. Wow. And that really represents the vast bulk of the energy required for trains, planes, uh, big ships, and big trucks. And if, if we think about the, the sector of the economy that is the most expensive, the most difficult, and really the most impractical, if I was to use a, 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 a challenging term, yeah. the most impractical co to convert to low energy density fuels. Right. So hydrogen is a cleaner fuel, but it's low energy density. That is, you, 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 to get it into a liquid form, into a small enough form to go on a truck, right. means an enormous amount of energy had to go into it. <laughs> so there, there are places, my view, and I come from oil and gas. I come from the coal industry. Yeah. That's where I, I grew up. You cut in, your teeth. In, yeah, I cut my teeth in the, in the conventional energy sector. Yeah. We know the practicality, and, or if you will, the great benefits of energy density. We understand why oil is so, is so ubiquitous. It is a fabulous... Trans uh, easily transportable. Yeah. It's got the high energy, the energy you need. Exactly. So could you talk, I want to go back to the urban because that, to me, is the... Com you commercialize that. You package that up. And think the China. You know, they built ghost cities. And once those people go to those ghost cities, they're going to have that same... That general waste. You know, the millions... Of, I mean, we're a small city in Calgary. We have enough waste probably to, to fuel a small city. But, I mean, there's... If you scale that up, you commercialize that... Well, actually, and, and interestingly enough, in this application where we, we would take urban waste, uh, while the chemistry doesn't change, the, yeah. the application that it does, the plants would be scaled down from 2,000 yeah. or 4,000 barrels per day to something like 50 to 150 barrels per day. You would aggregate the waste close to where it was being generated, so yeah. you don't transport waste all over Hell's Half Acre, <laughs> and you transport leave it in the Philippines for a few decades to bring back to Calgary exactly, or to Canada. Canada. So, so we speculate the city of Calgary, for instance, the just the sewage sludge would produce something in the order of. Um, uh, we think about 200, 250 barrels of oil per day, yeah. but if we were to take the entirety of, of, of the material that's going to the aerobic composter, all the food waste, all the restaurant waste. If we looked at yeah. all the construction waste, which are timber or paper or, sure, or just the film plastic, I mean, city of Calgary would probably be a, a three to 5,000 barrel per day oil company all by itself. Just on the waste, the biomass. And, and, and what's a junior oil company? Often you, used to be you, four five hundred barrels a day. Yeah, I mean when, yeah. back in the day. So we're we're talking about a a a very very prolific amount of energy that could sure. be created, and then we we have to organize ourselves slightly differently as a society to do these things. But there's nothing needs to change about our habits. Now you will see that some environmentalists would say, well, that's a problem. I I want to see a wholesale change in people's habits and sure. and and how they live their lives, and 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 that's. I think a laudable goal. But I also am old enough to recognize that people really resist changing their habits. No, they do. And they do. 
they would like to act better, they'd like to contribute more, as long as it doesn't really impact their, their, their day-to-day lives. We offer an opportunity through this chemistry to lower the carbon uh, footprint of yeah. transportation fuels. We extend, if you will, the or, or lighten the load on society right. in terms right. of transitioning. Now, a hundred years from now, we will have a different it'll energy. It'll be a different play again. So, I'm not suggesting this is the, this is not the end point. But as a bridge between where we are today in that and where we want to go, where we can go, and where we could go, yeah, absolutely, this is a, a, a cost-effective way of doing that, and very, uh, it, and it fits into the trillions and trillions of dollars of embedded infrastructure for fossil. Because my molecule, my bio crude oil, yeah. goes yeah. into that same pipeline, into those same refineries. So it should. So the existing, the, the existing roads and highways will work yeah. for yours, and you don't need to build that. And so I want to go back because yesterday I had a chat with Mary Moran from mm-hmm. Calgary Economic Development. She said there's a there's a huge focus on bioscience in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Literally, Bayer. She had a meeting with Bayer bioscience team to. And maybe I'm 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 stepping off the the, the chain here, but she's talking about companies like BASIF or BASF mm-hmm. bringing their head offices here in Calgary, and that whole focus is it Solium. And agrium on the, so yeah. the agro the agribusiness, it seems to be a connect. For me, there's a connection there. Absolutely, uh, there's a, a massive opportunity to bring that to the mar- to the markets. Who the they're right in your front door. Yeah. If those if those tech, agritech are here, it seems like an opportunity. Is it, do you see that as a as a, a way out way yeah, forward? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the we talk about a few philosophical issues uh, right. uh, about our technology. Okay, one of the philosophical issues we talk about is the democratization of energy. So uh, right now, uh, liquid energy is held by a very few countries ha- ha- or regions around the world. Alberta right. is one political jurisdiction, or Canada right. is an oil exporting nation. We're not the biggest, but we are important. We, we, if Canada was taken offline tomorrow, the price of oil would go up. Because it's it's an important enough link. Yeah, country, yeah. Now, having said that, if Saudi Arabia got, went offline tomorrow, the price of oil would go up a hell of a lot more. But the, the point of the exercise is that there's only a dozen places around the world. You know, Somebody will correct me, one of your listeners. It's 15. I don't care. <laughs> the point of the exercise is that there are very few political jurisdictions around the world that actually control the vast, well, 99.9% of the... At the energy that What's we power? use. There's, right? I mean, that's the political, the power, and exactly. that, that's been a struggle but for decades. Tell me, how many places in the world can you grow something? Or conversely, how many places in the world can you not grow something? Right. So other than Antarctica and Greenland, our technology represents an enormous opportunity for everybody to participate in the energy game. So energy security, if energy security means that I can actually grow and transform waste biomass yeah. into transport fuel, means I'm going to lessen my dependency on some of these other jurisdictions. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's another uh, philosophical element uh, to, to this type of energy. If I'm in the, uh, the other extractive industries, if I'm in forestry, agriculture, I live in rural uh, economies, or if I'm a, an off-grid um, Aboriginal uh, society that yeah. has access to materials, but the, the, those materials have trouble getting to market as well. Like right. we, in Canada, we just have as much trouble getting our forestry products to market as we do our oil. But if suddenly those forestry residues were creating a new, a new uh, economic a new, value, yeah. 
right? So suddenly you're revitalizing the rural economies by giving them yet another it's a, it's a simple, revenue It sounds like a simple thing. And I look and I go Crossfield. Do you remember Crossfield? Mm-hmm. And for, for years you'd go up to Red Deer or Airdrie yeah. and over there was a big massive sulfur pile. It's yeah. not there anymore. And I was in Kazakhstan 20, 30 years ago and they had a massive sulfur pile and they just kept because of yeah. all the the, uh, the residual yeah. that came off of it, and suddenly it's, and it was gone. I remember, I'd asking people, Are you guys, still, you ever go out there anymore? And Atra, it was in uh, where Ken, uh, Chevron had a massive, mm-hmm. and it was just it just grew. But of course, there was an alternate use for sulfur, and that they, they found it and got. It. I think it's a baby steps, and I want to go back to your point about change, because I was I, was, I met with Alan Fogwell from the Canadian Energy Research Institute mm-hmm. up in uh, by the university there, and Alan said, I said, you know the the, the up in the air, the night air Emirates, they all come in a big station wagons or big SUVs to Renewable Energy Conference. And it's in the middle of summer, so heated, uh, air-conditioned, middle of summer, 45 degrees outside. And, and they go home and they say, talk about renewable energy. <laughs> but there's two aspects right there that are going against it all. And he goes, two things they could do. One, they could use, they could drive an autonomous vehicle or electric battery vehicle. Yeah. And they can do something, I, I, this is technically you probably understand, they could heat, they could put the coolant under the, the ground and it's something to, to use less energy to, to cool off the building. So, you know, literally, and he, he talked about how they're taking these hockey puck size of, of uh, oil, thick oil, and, and transporting it. And I'm like, wow. So he said, there's innovation, right? It doesn't take much. No, absolutely. In fact, even in Canada, the city of Toronto cools the uh, vast bulk of downtown with the cold water in Lake Ontario. From Lake Ontario. So, I mean, renewability or sustainability, yeah. I, which I like a lot as much, uh, you know, this notion of uh, the appropriate use of resources the inclusion of a, a greater part of society in in the game in a decision right and 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 financially viable in that we don't purport to have the answer that is some silver bullet but we're part of what we call the silver buckshot i.e the 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 vast number like of that. small changes that need to be made yeah. that still are as lethal right so yeah. a bullet can kill you uh and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, a you know a, a gunshot can can kill you from a from a from a shotgun yeah. but the point is is that with a with a rifle you better be a bloody good shot and you better be very very clever i mean picking the right all the right ingredients right you right. have one chance Whereas with buckshot, you have multiple chances of uh, yeah. and, and spray. It just sprays it, it. exactly. So that analogy is that we're part of that type of thinking in which right. all the small changes add up to big changes, and we fully expect that nuclear has its role. Uh, innovation that we have not yet uh, fully embraced yet. Even some of the more uh, uh, esoteric solutions like literally sucking carbon dioxide out of the air may have its role in time depending yeah. on how well we adopt these earlier technologies. But the technologies that we have created today are now available to us. And I think the important thing I'd have for your listeners to know is this is not out there 10 years from now. Our technology has been developed since, um, well, in fact, as I, I said, 1920s, if you will. It's already there. It's been it's, there for a while. Yeah. So what we have done over the last eight or nine years is really just uh, recruit the industrial processes that right. can replicate the chemistry. That, uh, and, and we have now proven that there are suppliers and all the equipment that we need to do this is available. And in fact, we have our very first commercial customer for our technology which is the State Energy Company of Norway. And I, and I want people to sit back and think about that for a second. Norway, who has a trillion dollars in savings on the back of oil and gas. Sovereign wealth fund they've got, yeah. 
one of the most aggressive adopters of new of, of new energy technologies. Yes. And their expectation is Brilliant. by 2030, all the fuel oil for all the transportation in Norway will come from liquid biomass that was created through processes of ours. Oh, what a catch. What a catch. I, mean, I worked for many years in Oslo and, and traveled back and forth. <laughs> and yeah, they, they are, they've got oil, it's just a big oil, but they've also, they've taken that, that big oil wealth and, and, and going around the world. Well, and, and again, this, that, I didn't know that. This is and, fantastic. And at, at the point that we talked about in engaging other parts of the community, the one of the largest landholders in 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 Norway are these individual family foresters but Norway is such an expensive place that when you right. harvest forest products in Norway they can't even afford to make paper in Norway anymore because it's just too expensive yeah it costs so how, so suddenly there was a there was a real threat to these families the livelihood. whose li their livelihood and yeah. their multi-generational livelihood was supplemented at least, if not directly related to their forest holdings, their small plot forest holdings. Amazing. So now, when they harvest the round logs and are able to sell that good they're quality looking at, timber, they're looking at that excess. All that residual material is going to go into our plant Brilliant. in Norway. So Tofta, Norway, will be the site of the first two thousand oh, to four thousand. Well, congratulations! Thank wow. you. And we're hoping to announce, as I said, a Canadian uh, demonstration facility using Canadian uh, yeah. a sewage sludge. Uh, to convert uh, that into oil and then show off the technology in that urban space. So we are at the cusp of commerciality, but we, were not, we are not yet a fully but commercial. But you, you're, you're still butting up against And I, the analogy is, I, when I f first came back to Calgary in July, and one of my friends said, oh, you should get into renewables. They're passing legislation for one-time plastic use. And the analogy someone says plastic is like this and I'm for the benefit of the listeners my arms are way up high and renewable the amount of the in, so we're talking about jobs you're talking about money the supply chain is massive renewables is just getting started so you're going up against this in whether it's big oil conventional the the change that people don't they're all used to that it's easy it's convenient yeah and we you know the one thing that we don't see ourselves as an as an antagonist to conventional oil yeah. and gas. We want to be part Partners. of their solution. And, and what's you, interesting is, uh, you probably listened to the news yesterday, Synovus has come out talking about their per barrel production greenhouse gas emissions. And we could be a partner to a company like Synovus or Suncor or yeah. Husky or whomever to actually add renewable molecules into their mix and reduce their carbon uh, uh, footprint and it's yeah. cost effective and it embraces all the people that Synovus was particularly talking to, the Aboriginal communities, the sure. rural communities, the foresters in this country, the farmers in this That's country. education, awareness, getting the message out there. And, and but they're actually going to uh, uh, economically be advantaged. So if a farmer in southern Alberta who has a massive crop of, of, of straw, and there's no good opportunity to get rid right. of that straw, right. we can convert that into oil. If there's a forester in Peace River that, that, that has a uh, a sustainable harvesting that they can't process into paper, I mean, then we a can simple have thing that. like the rivers would be cleaner. Absolutely. I mean, there's less waste going into the rivers yeah. and, to, and, and into the oceans. So, like, this this can go on for like the ocean side. I mean, literally, there's, <laughs> there's the, but the, I want to just bring it home, Perry, and, and really just think, what do you what do you feel? And other than the Norwegians, that banner, I mean, I love yeah. that getting the, that uh, on flag. But the next to flag that one and really let that know, be known. But for the next couple of years, what do you think is really going to impact? Steeper Energy's business in Calgary over the next couple of years. Yeah, so we're, you know, this Danish-Canadian or Canadian-Danish company that, uh, you know, was funded out of the, uh, by 
oil, uh, uh, you know, wealthy oil guys who are sure. our first investors, yet, yet we're, we've got one foot in, in, in Europe and one foot in North America. We want to, we're going to build our business on two what we call verticals. Um, forestry and large uh, or broad scale uh, farming residues uh, in, right. in northern, well, predominantly Europe and, and North America, so sure. in the developed world where we use a lot of energy. And that eventually will leak out and be available to other parts of the world and so on. But we have to, we have to get it right in our own backyard before we start just going to Brazil to Brilliant. make it fix there. Brilliant. And the second vertical is urban organic waste. Yeah. And so what we're seeing out of Europe is uh, legislation that basically says conventional urban organic waste management practices are going to be changed forever. No more land farming of a sewage sludge. No more uh, bringing to the land or the rivers this excess nitrogen, uh, micro right. um, uh, microplastics that are now in the waste stream that are yeah, getting into it, our That's soil. exactly, it's into the ocean. They said like that little, the soap, right, when you yeah. rub your, you know, it's got that kind of texture to it. Yeah. That's a little tiny plastic. But it's not just it. in the ocean, it's in our farm yeah. fields and, on, and, and, when, and when will that get into our food chain? And, and it does. Europeans are saying, when you eat fish or yeah, when you eat exactly. chicken or whatever, yeah. And the other big issue is pharmaceuticals. So we consume an enormous amounts of aspirin or uh, ibuprofen or indeed uh, uh, other uh, uh, types of pharmaceuticals. Well, steroids, and, the, the animals that get uh, fed steroids, you well, eat that as well. Exactly. So, the, the reverse. so, so humans are consuming and yeah. or, uh, uh, mounds and mounds of different kinds of pharmaceuticals. And all that <laughs> Nobody wants is, to talk about that. It's, the waste. It's in our garbage. It's, yeah. in, it's in our yeah. sewage sludge, but it's also in our food waste and so on. And so Europeans have said, no more. We cannot take that out wow. to land. We can't wow. call that good fertilizer because it's it's not it's not wow and so we are going to challenge uh and disrupt that industry by bringing our technology to basically not to destroy it but not to destroy it in some kind of incineration way without without any benefit actually transform it destroy and transform into the oil we need in those urban centers anyway. So now we're not transporting sludge or compost out to the farmer's fields hundreds of kilometers yeah. away. We're actually using it in the city where we generate it, including some of the waste plastics this and so incredible. on, and, and make it the fuel we use in our buses and our, and our trains and, and other uh, urban but transport. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I wanted to say earlier that the John Candy and <laughs> Steve Martin movie going by, way yeah. back. But really, Perry, thank you. So I, we could probably go on all day. This is really, really terrific. Thanks for your time thank today. Thank you so much. Cheers.